0: Today's episode of Relapped is brought to you by HUE Kitchen. HUE is a family founded chocolate and snacking company focused on creating products that match ultra simple ingredients with unbeatable taste. Built on a strong mission to help people get back to human, HUE only uses simple, real, and responsibly sourced ingredients. HUE obsessively vets every ingredient to unite unbeatable taste with unmatched simplicity. They go beyond what is easy and expected to ensure that their products and practices are ethical, and put both humanity and the human body first. All of Hugh's products are gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, and aren't heavily processed. I'm a big fan of their Simple Dark Chocolate, which is the perfect snack while I'm watching a race. So for all of your snacking needs, use code POD for 15% off your next purchase at hughkitchen.com. That's code POD, P-O-D, for 15% off at hughkitchen.com. And find out why Hugh helps people get back to human. Welcome to Relapped, the podcast racing you through F1 history. I'm your host Deanna, and today we have the 1979 season intro. If you're new here, what I'm doing is I'm going back and watching every single F1 race through to present day. I started with 78 solely because that was the first full season of races I could find. So if you haven't listened to an episode yet, I suggest going back, catching up with those before listening to today's. But this one should just be a quick little episode. I'm just going to walk through all of the drivers and the teams for the 79 season and any kind of regulation changes, anything you need to know. So with that being said, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump into the teams. I'm gonna go in the 78 championship order. So our first team is Constructors' Champions Lotus. Run by Colin Chapman, they're retaining their 78 Drivers' Champion, Mario and Andretti. He definitely had a tough end to the season after they lost Ronnie Peterson and Monza and was having a really tough time. He said later in his life um, that there were four drivers he was friends with. The first was Billy Foster, who died in a NASCAR incident in 67. Lucian Bianchi, who was killed in a testing accident in 69. Gunnar Nelson, who I mentioned previously in last season, Um, he was supposed to drive for Arrows, but he was diagnosed with cancer, and he passed away from that in October of 78. And his last friend was Ronnie Peterson, who passed away in that incident in Monza. On that cheery note, his new teammate, who is replacing Peterson, he was actually announced before the Monza incident, but it is Carlos Reutemann. He was previously driving for Ferrari, he finished third overall in the driver's standings in 78. Ferrari, although they finished second, it was a very distant second from Lotus, so he was still in search of a more competitive car. And obviously, Lotus were the ones to beat, so he got a pretty good seat. And then that brings us on to our second team, who finished second in the Constructors, who Reutemann left, and that is Ferrari. Owned by Enzo Ferrari, their new lead driver replacing Reutemann is Jody Schechter. In 78, Schechter drove for Wolf, where he finished seventh and he had been talking to the scrutineer for a few years but finally signed for the team in 79 and it would be a 2-year contract when he was offered the job Enzo brought him to his office and his first question was how much money do you want which Jody responded i'm too young to talk about money and he later said that he was too young to put the money above the privilege of driving for Ferrari although at the time he was 29 he was going into his 8th season racing in F1 his 6th full season Not someone by today's standards that we would call a young driver, unless you're Alonso and want to pretend you're a young driver at like 40. Okay, his teammate would be Gilles Villeneuve, who's going into his second season with Ferrari. He's coming off a strong end to the season. He got his first win at his home race in Canada and finally showing a lot of promise and why he deserved that seat. He was at risk of losing it after Schechter announced he was moving to Ferrari, Reutemann hadn't yet announced for Lotus and it was widely assumed he'd be the one without a seat. There were definitely a few people that wanted him out of that seat. He was somewhat accident prone. The man himself is quoted saying, if you don't get through a few chassis in a season, you're not trying. But Enzo, he has kind of a soft spot for him. So he is driver number two for Ferrari. Coming in third, only losing to Ferrari at the last race is Brabham. Owned by Bernie Ecclestone, they are retaining two-time world champion Nicky Lauda as their lead driver. He's entering his second year of the contract, and in 78, he came in fourth, only losing out to Reutemann at the last race for third. His new teammate, replacing John Watson, is the young Brazilian Nelson Piquet. He raced in a few races last season for some backmarker teams and then the final race for Brabham. Colin Chapman wanted him to replace Peterson in those final couple races of the season, but Bernie got to him first and put an option on him for this season. Leading into his time in F1, he started out life with a promising tennis career, much like his father, but was drawn in by racing, raced under his mother's maiden name, Pique, in order to keep it from his parents that disapproved. He won this F3 championship in '78 and is now making the step up to F1 full time. And this is a guy who will try anything to win. In F3, he was the quickest in the straights and it was because he loosened the racing harness so he could, on the straights, slide down into the cockpit and make the car more aerodynamic. All right, coming in fourth was Tyrrell, owned by Ken Tyrrell. They're in a bit of a tough financial situation right now. They lost their title sponsor, Elf, because they went with Depaye, who we'll get to in a minute. But replacing Depaye is the Frenchman Jean-Pierre Gerier. He was the one that replaced Peterson for the final couple races of 78. But just some more background on him, I think we briefly touched on him last season. He was actually back in 74, approached by Enzo to sign a two-year contract, but he had already signed a contract with Max Mosley, who we'll talk more about in later seasons, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, his March team, And Mosley refused to release him from his contract unless Ferrari paid him a massive sum of money, which they were not going to do. So Jarrier didn't get the seat and it went to Lauda, who went on to win those two world titles. So after that debacle, he raced for Shadow. And just to kind of paint a picture of this man, his designer at the time was quoted saying he had an extraordinary degree of talent, even by the standards of a top F1 driver, But I always thought he was a bit lazy. He liked having a good time and a good life. He had a massive driving ability. He could do anything with a car. But to use that to go forward, you've got to put a lot of effort in. He liked to be eating, drinking, and womanizing. He would have been perfect for the 1930s. The last season in 78, he was fired from ATS after getting an argument with the owner. And he was convinced his career was over until he got that call to replace Peterson. And he took a poll, He had a commanding lead in Canada before retiring with a mechanical failure. And that was enough to grab the attention of another F1 team like Tyrrell. His teammate is the returning Didier Peroni. This will be his second season in F1 and Tyrrell. In 78, he finished 15th for the team in the driver's standings. The start of that season was promising. He had four points finishes in the first six races, but... The rest of the season, he only had one more and just the team as a whole faded, but they were able to hold on to fourth, which brings us to the fifth place finisher, Wolf, Owned by Walter Wolf. their new lead driver or only driver, replacing Jody Schechter, who went to Ferrari, is James Hunt. Hunt had become disillusioned with McLaren. They had a really tough season and they're further down this list, which was a bit of a fall from grace compared to where they were earlier in the 70s. He finished 13th in the driver standings, but even after that somewhat abysmal season, he was still in demand. Ferrari made him an offer, but he decided to avoid that politically charged atmosphere and went for Wolf, who had had a strong couple of seasons with Schechter. Schechter had finished second in 77. What made it even better was that he took the Texaco sponsorship with him on his way out from McLaren. So looking like Got some good financial backing, solely focused on his car. It's been a good team the past couple seasons. Feels like he's in a good place. Moving on to the sixth place team is Ligier. Owned by Guy Ligier, their new driver, and they're expanding the team to two drivers, is Patrick Depaille. Previously at Tyrrell, he came in fifth overall in 78. And as I was saying earlier, Tyrrell faded during the season, but after the first five rounds, he was leading the championship. So he had a couple impressive drives over the season, and he's taking the Elf sponsorship with him to the team. And a fun little story, I was listening to Jody Schechter's Back of the Grid, and apparently one time he was arrested after overtaking a bunch of cars on the wrong side of the road trying to get to the track in 76, and Quintirol had to go get him out of jail so he could start the race. Anyway, his teammate is the returning Jacques Lafitte, who's going into his fourth season with Ligier. He finished 8th in 78 and would now be joint number one with Depay. During the silly season, McLaren had made him an offer, but he turned it down in favor for the French team. And a note on the car itself, they had previously used French engine supplier, Matara. Sorry if I said that wrong. But they were pulling out of F1, so they went with, like the vast majority of the grid did, the Ford Cosworth V8s. A side note about engines- kind of relevant with Honda pulling out. At this point in F1's history, Ferrari had the flat 12, Brabham had the Alfa Romeo V12, and Renault had the turbocharged V6. But every single other team on the grid ran the Cosworth V8s. I don't want to see someone like Mercedes supplying the whole grid, but it's not quite unprecedented. Anyway, coming in seventh and 78 was Filippaldi, or sometimes known as their title sponsor name, Copper Suit Car. I think I just flipped it in and out, used it pretty interchangeably the last season. So if I say either one, they're both the same thing. Owned by Wilson and Emerson Fittipaldi, younger brother Emerson is two-time world champion and would stay on as driver. They had their best season to date in 78 with Emerson coming in ninth in the driver standings. Other than that, not too much else of note here, which brings us on to eighth place McLaren. Ran at this point by Teddy Mayer, and I found out during my research for this, his nickname was The Wiener. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I really couldn't get a like confirmation on this, but I'm pretty sure it's because of Oscar Mayer wieners, <laughs> which is hysterical. If you watch the American version of The Office, he was born in Scranton and he went to Cornell. So the team is not in a great spot after losing Texaco as a sponsor and their number one driver, Hunt. Their new number one driver from Brabham is John Watson. He came in sixth in 78 and was in search of a seat at the end of the season. He knew his stint at Brabham was coming to an end when he got pole in France. And Bernie asked him, because Nicky is leading the championship, at least between the two of them, if you are in the lead on the last lap and he's in second, will you pull over and let him win? Watson said, no, Bernie, I can't do that. And that was the nail in the coffin of his Brabham career. His McLaren teammate would be young Patrick Tambay, returning for his second full season with McLaren, who didn't do anything much of note that I can think of off the top of my head, but he did match his teammate Hunt, the far experienced world champion Hunt. So for 13th overall, if that's something to be said, I guess. But McLaren trying to make their way back up the field after a pretty abysmal season. Coming in ninth was Williams, and it was their first season as a constructor owned by Frank Williams. They expanded to a two car team to build off of the promising 78 campaign that they had with it being their first car. Jones got a podium. He led a race and Alan Jones would be returning for the team. He came in 11th overall of the season And, as I mentioned a second ago, got the first podium for the team in Canada. His teammate would be fan favorite Clay Regazzoni. He had a less than stellar season with Shadow. He came in 16th overall. Definitely nearing the end of his F1 career. He's 40 at this point, but still in search of a competitive seat. And William showed a lot of promise at the end of 78. Coming in 10th was Arrows owned by Alan Rees, Jackie Oliver, Dave Wass, and Tony Southgate. I think Franco Ambrosio, he helped start the team last year. I think he just disappeared. Not really sure where. They're keeping on Ricardo Petrezzi, who came in 11th overall in 78. And going back to the Peterson crash, he was the one that was blamed for that crash. And he would go on to stand trial in Italian court on manslaughter charges But he would be cleared a little down the road in October of 1981. But he definitely didn't want to stay at Arrows for the season. He tried to find a new seat for 79, actually signed an option for Ferrari because, as I mentioned earlier, the team wasn't really confident in Villeneuve. He had a bunch of accidents. And then after signing that Ferrari option, Bernie approached him for the seat at Brabham. Patrese said no to Bernie holding out hope for Ferrari. But then, (laughs) Gilles would win with Canada, Enzo would keep him, and Patrese wouldn't have a drive at Ferrari or Brabham and would stay with Arrows. His new teammate would be Mass, replacing Rolf Stommelin. He had no points finishes in 78 while driving for ATS. And how he came to get the seat was interesting. At the end of the season last year, he had a bad accident while testing at Silverstone. He smashed his femur, tibia, and just his entire knee. And then he was left to negotiate for his 79th seat from a hospital bed. He was approached by Frank Williams for his new second seat, and then by Arrow's Jackie Oliver. The Arrow sponsor, I messed this up the first time, Worst and (laughs) I'm not a beer person, I don't know. They offered him a good salary that Williams couldn't get near, and after seeing how promising Patrese's season was in 78, he opted for that aero seat over Williams. Coming in 11th is Shadow. I'm not really gonna go into depth here. They have two new drivers, but we're probably not gonna encounter them much over these reviews, so we're just gonna skip over that and go to the last team, the team I love to hate, which is Renault. They are also expanding their team to two drivers. Two times the cars means two times the retirements, and I can't wait. As a side note, I have a real soft spot for Pierre Gasly and the rumors are he might be going to Renault for 21 and it will pain me to have to be a Renault fan. Well, I guess we'll be Alpine. I don't know I don't think that's any better. <laughs> Maybe just no, it's not better. It also annoys me that I have never wanted to buy F1 merch until I saw Renault's the like color block T-shirt. is the coolest thing, and I kind of want it, but I, I can't I can't buy it. I can't do it. Anyway, end of that tangent. They are keeping on Jean-Pierre Jabouille, not to be confused with Tyrrell's Jean-Pierre Jarier. He came in 17th for Renault and secured the team's very first points in 78, and will be retained for his third season with the team. His teammate would be fellow Frenchman, Rene Arnaud. He had a few drives in 78 for two teams that folded, Martini and Certes, but managed to scrape together a trio of ninth place finishes and some pretty poor cars, which was enough to get Renault's attention. He also had a solid F2 career. He finished second to his now teammate, Djiboui in 76 and won in 77. All right, like last time, there are some more teams and drivers but they'll all pretty much be in the back if they even qualify. We'll touch on them if needed, but nothing noteworthy outside of those teams at the moment. As for the regulation changes, after that fatal incident in Monza, there are a few rule changes around that. The first is there's a mandatory medical air system. The second is the FIA will appoint a permanent race starter. There would be bigger cockpit openings in the car and an improved extinguisher system in the car. All right, that wraps up everything. Just a quick little one. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. It is greatly appreciated and helps me out a lot. You can follow the show and I've changed up the Twitter accounts a little bit. It's just at relapped underscore F1 on Instagram and Twitter. I used to have my own personal account it was a little confusing for myself and probably everybody else. So there's just one now. <laughs> Again, that's re- at relapped underscore F1. As always, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram or email the show at f one at gmail.com. I would love to get a Q&A section going or just a comment section, share your feedback on the show. So if there's anything you want to know more about or just talk about any comments, shoot me a tweet, DM, anything like that. You can also support the show at patreon.com backslash relapped. That is all for me and I will see you next week for part one of the 1979 season.